Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And the driving jam time. The Philippines win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the Stiefel Sports Studio. I am Tom Ackerman. It's great to be along with you for sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. We are the home of the St. Louis Cardinals. We're the home of the St. Louis Billikens. And we are the home most of the time when we can get all the games scheduled and in place. That would be the Kansas City Chiefs, as we do carry those on this station on 97.1 FM. We do have the Chiefs coming up at 325 today with a pregame at about 2 o'clock. We will carry that as the Chiefs don't just play anybody. They play the Buffalo Bills, and we'll preview that for you up here at about 1115 on KMOX. Right now, just to run through, in case you missed it late last night, the Los Angeles Dodgers on their radio network... Describe what happened in San Diego. They are finished for the season. The Dodgers, a team that won 111 games this season, went into San Diego, a team that desperately wants to be their rival. They've been beaten up many times by this team. No longer. Here's the call. Charlie Steiner on the Dodgers radio network. No balls, two strikes, two out. Hader has the sign from Nola. The pitch to Freeman. That's it. The Padres have eliminated the Dodgers. They win it 5-3. to three. They advance to the National League Championship Series. For the Dodgers, 111 wins during the regular season. The fourth winningest record in baseball history, but it wasn't enough. The Padres, whom the Dodgers have dominated for five years or more. Dodgers beat them 14 out of 19 during the regular season, but in the postseason, the Padres win it three games to one. Out on the field between the pitcher's mound and second base. The Padre players are hugging and 
cheering in their jubilation in the Dodger dugout down the third baseline. Dazed, disappointed, and confused. Really nice call there by Charlie Steiner in tough circumstances for the Dodgers, who won the World Series in 2020, a shortened season. They are not able to do it this season. Last year, the Atlanta Braves, who got into the playoffs and were not considered to be much of a threat, made it all the way through and won the World Series. This time, the San Diego Padres, a team that was considered to be a threat, but then fell off after losing Fernando Tatis Jr., even after landing Juan Soto and having baseball's fifth-highest payroll. They made it as a wild card, and then they stormed the postseason by beating the Mets, the number one team in all baseball and payroll, and beating the Dodgers, the number two team in all baseball and payroll, the two uh, highest-paid teams, lose. And the Padres, who are number five, are in the NLCS. And they're playing, by the way, the Phillies, who are number four. Now, the Phillies spend a lot of money. Even though they're going to be selling you on this Cinderella story, it's a team that has a lot of good players. And the Phillies beat the Braves yesterday 8-3. to three. They take that series at home against this very good Atlanta Braves team, a team that I went on record and said I think is the most complete team in baseball right now. No longer. It is over for the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers as the Phillies win it 8-3. to And I mean, they put it on them. This was the Phillies team that I was afraid of when the Cardinals played them in the wild card series. The Phillies didn't show this kind of muscle. Now, they did get a big home run in Game 2 from Bryce Harper. But other than that, this was a team that I thought was not showing a lot of that in the wildcard series they did yesterday. I mean, they were hitting home runs, and whether it was over the fence or not, JT Real Muto hit a inside-the-park home run, and the Phillies won the game by a final of 8-3 to three yesterday. So that's the NLCS for you. The Phillies and the Padres will be playing for the right to get to the World Series. Now, on the other side, the Astros won. Not a surprise that they're in the ALCS. They're in it for the sixth straight year. It's the way that they did it. Jeremy Pena homered in the 18th inning. I played that highlight for you last hour. The Astros beat the Mariners 1-0 and advanced to the ALCS. Pena drove a slider from Penn Murphy deep into left center. It was the rookie shortstop's first playoff homer. The only run in a long afternoon of baseball. 18 innings. The longest game in playoff history. And it goes to Houston by a final of one to nothing over Seattle. They had a great crowd. It was very exciting. It was their first playoff appearance since 2001. It is over, just like that. Three-game sweep for the Houston Astros. Now, on the other side, the New York Yankees, who have had this magical season, they've had all these things happen, including Aaron Judge, hit 62 home runs in one season, and they've had a lot of great things happen to them. They are facing an elimination game tonight. Oscar Gonzalez, he has done it again. He had a walk-off home run against the Rays in the 15th in the wild card series, this time a two-run single with two outs in the ninth inning, and the Guardians beat the Yankees last night 6-5. to five. 
Gonzalez lined a one-two pitch from Clark Schmidt through the middle. That scored rookie Stephen Kwan and Ahmed Rosario. As the young Guardians, they have shown no fear. They have, you want to know what their payroll is? 28th in baseball. They're the youngest team in baseball, and they have pushed the Yankees to the brink of elimination. Now, Aaron Judge did homer in this game. Harrison Bader homered in this game. But the Yankees are looking like a team on the ropes as their bullpen flops in this game. However, they have Garrett Cole going tonight. And this is why they pay Garrett Cole the money that he makes. He is in this to keep the season alive and to bring it back to Yankee Stadium for a Game 5. Should be a lot of fun to catch tonight at 6.07 on TBS with our friend Bob Costas, the KMOX alum, on the play-by-play with Ron Darling. Baseball is alive and well, depending on who you talk to. I mean, there are a lot that are enthralled with this postseason. There are some that are not happy that the best teams are eliminated. Not that the Yankees are yet. But if they do get eliminated, you're talking about four teams, Cleveland, Houston, Philadelphia, and San Diego, that have a combined five World Series titles. Do you like that? Do you not like that? I don't mind it. But the postseason is at times random. You have to get hot to get it done. And this is exactly what we have seen unfold right before our eyes. We now, if Cleveland hangs on and wins tonight, we'll have four teams Three of them, I would say, were unexpected to be here. Houston was absolutely expected to be in the ALCS. They're still the best team standing. And now that I've said that, they'll probably get beat. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll preview and give you some updates on your fantasy football and the NFL for your gambling purposes. And at 11.30, we shift back to baseball with Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock. And at 11.45, make sure you're at your radio we will play Game 7, ninth inning, 1982 World Series in its entirety. And you know who was on the mound? Bruce Souter, who we lost just a few days ago at the age of 69. Back in a moment on KMOX's Sports on a Sunday morning, I'm Tom Ackerman in downtown St. Louis. It's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, no. Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. And a key block by the left guard, Tom Ackerman. And right here, let's go downstairs to Bonnie. Marv, if you remember that uh, big run Robert Holcomb had on the first drive, one of the guys responsible on help busting him loose was Tom Ackerman. Tom Ackerman up front, and this is a unit that has played very well. A good night for Eddie George. 21 carries, 74 yards. The left guard, Tom Ackerman, with the block that, that set him free. It's a first down. I wish I could throw blocks like that. Tom Ackerman, the former Tennessee Titan, with uh, that great play-by-play for Marv Albert and Bonnie Bernstein. How about this play-by-play on October 10th, just six days ago? Chiefs showing a run blitz. Their car is going to throw a play action. Here comes a blitz. They throw it to the left side. Incidental contact. The pass is overthrown. It is incomplete. I'm looking for flags. I see none. The Chiefs have held on fourth down and one on a blitz on car at 41 seconds to go in the game to preserve a 30 to 29 lead. And that is going to do it. 
That is going to do it in another classic game in the Chiefs Raiders rivalry. Monday night football victory. The Chiefs were down 17 to nothing at one point. They are going to win this game. Kansas City 30. The Raiders 29. Mitch Holtis with the call on KMOX and the Chiefs Radio Network. We will have their game today against the Buffalo Bills. And what a matchup that is between those two. The Chiefs and the Bills getting after it today with Kansas City coming off a hard-fought win. We'll see how they respond. A Sunday after a Monday night game is never easy, but nothing in this league is easy. There's no question that the Chiefs will be up against it. Both of these teams are 4-1 and one on the season. Now, everyone's going to point to the rematch of last year, the Chiefs escaping with a 42-36 overtime victory in that divisional playoff game in January. The Bills lead the NFL uh, in point differential. They are a plus 91. They have scored 152 points, and they've allowed 61. The Bills are 4-1 and one on the season. They look outstanding right now. And if I were to pick in this game, I would pick them to win it. In fact, I'm just going to go do it now. No, I'm just going to get ahead of it and say that the Bills are going to win this game today. And I think they're going to show how good they are. Now, you know, they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I would, if I was a betting man, I would give those points. And I think the Bills will win by a field goal or more. I think they're going to win this game at Arrowhead. That's not that to take away from how good Kansas City is. I think they are. But if Kansas City thinks that they're going to do what they did against the Raiders, they got another thing coming. I mean, the Raiders are good, but they folded – and Travis Kelsey had his way with them. I think his Bills team is a lot better than Vegas, and they're going to find out today. So if I'm picking a game today, it's Buffalo over the Chiefs. Meanwhile, one of the other marquee games today would be the Cowboys at the Eagles. Now, the Eagles are the only unbeaten team in the NFL. I thought that the Cowboys looked really good uh, in their last game. And I was really impressed with their speed on defense and how ferocious their defense was, actually. Uh, they beat the Rams 22-10 to in L.A., which was kind of like a home game for Dallas. I mean, it was all Cowboys fans in there, just like it's always going to be at SoFi Stadium. But anyway, Dallas won that game, and I was really impressed with their D. Uh, I, I think that there's a real good chance that Dallas wins this game. I think they're going to go up to Philadelphia. I'm going to pick another one for you. Uh, this game between the Cowboys and the Eagles, which will be featured on Sunday Night Football on NBC, has the Eagles as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to go ahead and take the points. I like the Cowboys plus six-and-a-half. I do. I think Dallas, I know that we've kind of crushed them through the years and how they always step on their foot at the wrong time. I'm impressed with this Dallas defense. And Jalen Hurts is super talented. But you know this NFL, as soon as you think you know everything, it changes in a heartbeat. And I don't see Philadelphia running the table anytime soon. And I know they'll be pumped for this game at home. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to call an upset here and say that the Cowboys are going to win. We'll see if I'm right. So those are my two picks for today. Otherwise, we have the Ravens at Giants. I think the Giants are good, but maybe not as good as hyped right now. I need to see more. 49ers and the Falcons will play today. Patriots 
at Browns, a pair of two and three teams. Bengals at Saints, also a couple of two and three teams. Boy, the Saints are just brutal on offense. Jaguars at Colts. Vikings at three and one, visiting a four and one, visiting the three and two Miami Dolphins. The Jets are three and two, which is surprising. They visit the Packers at Lambeau Field, which means they'll be three and three by the end of the day. Buccaneers at Steelers, Cardinals at Seahawks, Panthers at Rams, Broncos at Chargers. Those are your games in the NFL, the Monday night game being the Broncos at the Chargers. And again, we have the Chiefs and the Bills. I think that's the best of all of them at 325 today right here on KMOX with pregame about an hour before that. Some news in the NFL. If you're adjusting your fantasy football teams, you are welcome. I always uh, make sure I give you the latest. Bengals receiver T. Higgins has been activated. But if you have Chris Olave, who is the Saints leading receiver, do not start him. He has been scratched for this game. Uh, The Saints secondary getting a boost. Uh, Paulson Adebo has been activated uh, after being questionable on Friday's injury report because of knee soreness. But the Higgins is back for Cincinnati. He's the Bengals' second leading receiver, 20 catches for 315 yards and two touchdowns. There was some question about him. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, so you might have left him out of your lineup. Because of that, because of an ankle injury, he had been listed as questionable. He has been activated. So if I were you, I would go check and make sure, see what T. Higgins is projected to score today in fantasy and either grab him or make sure that you activate him if he's one of your best two receivers and definitely bench Chris Olave. He's been scratched from this game. He's pretty good. Uh, the Saints leading receiver is woeful as that our offense has been. That's another reason why I think New Orleans is going to get smoked today. So there you go. The NFL for today with the Chiefs and the Bills coming up on KMOX at 325. When we come back... We will have a conversation live with Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock. Looking forward to catching up with him as the Cardinals were knocked off in two games by the Phillies, and the Phillies have stormed the Braves, and they have advanced to the NLCS. That and more, plus the future of the Cardinals, what that roster composition will be, etc. With John Mosellock, next on KMOX. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. Now, the John Mazalock Conversation on KMOX. Sponsored by your Gateway Acura dealers, Munganass St. Louis Acura, and Frank Lita Acura on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. It's 1130. Want to wish a happy birthday to my mom, Monty Summers. Want to make sure that I... Get that out there before the show is over, because John Mosellock, we can't uh, do anything without our moms, and she has been unbelievable to my career. And before that, as a kid trying to play sports and driving me around town, man, do I appreciate mom. So happy birthday, mom. How are you, John Mosellock? Good morning to you. Well, good morning. Happy birthday to your mother. And, uh, you know, look, it's uh, it's been a tough week. Obviously, um, anytime you, you finish your season where, where you had higher expectations is always a little bit difficult. I mean, this time last week, we were spending time with the coaching staff unpacking a little bit of what happened. But I think as you know, all baseball fans witnessed or all sports fans really witnessed over the last uh, two nights, it's, you know, the seasons are, are, are challenging, but, you know, once you get into October, it's it's a new script, it's a new story and it's, you know, no matter how well you played for 162, it really matters how you play in a short season. And uh, I imagine it's pretty eye-opening to people. But I think you've heard me talk about it a lot over the years. It's it really is a, a tale of two cities, right? You, you got to finish the season, you got to get in, and then hopefully you're timing it right. You're hot, you're healthy, and uh, you can run the gauntlet. And the Cardinals' philosophy has been, for as long as I can remember, certainly in the DeWitt era, is to stay in contention, win this division, get into the tournament, and see what happens and hope to catch fire. But that's not unique to the Cardinals, is it? I mean, I think there are a lot of teams that share that philosophy. I think a lot of times we get beat up on, you know, we're not built for deep runs in October. And I think what we've always tried to say is, like, look, you know, we are – it's just you got to have a lot of things go right. And, you know, obviously the, the last few years we haven't been able to take that step forward. But, you know, I still think when you look at, at how we played our season, how 2022 unfolded, you know, if, if you know, maybe the, the tournament started back in August, we, we would have been, you know, hitting a different stride. So it just, it's just so hard to, to time it perfectly. And I think you're seeing it with Philly and, and San Diego right now from the National League perspective. No doubt. They'll be playing for the National League pennant. And in the American League, the Cleveland Guardians, who are an upstart young team trying to knock off the Yankees tonight, that will not be easy. And the Houston Astros will be waiting the winner of that. And as you watch this and see it all unfold, it's a review of your own team. Actually, you just mentioned it. You've already had a review internally. You had a meeting. I told you that Ali Marmel uh, asked to join and, and jumped in on our show last week on his way to the meeting. Uh, can you describe just sort of how those meetings take place, who's involved, and, and everything I'm sure is thoroughly examined? Yeah, it's really just a review of, of, of what took place in the year. I think the, the way you should think about these meetings is 
is that really they're perpetual in the sense that they're always happening daily throughout the season. But really, this is just, okay, we're putting 2022 behind us. Any final thoughts, anything you want us to reflect on? Um, Because obviously, when you think about building your your roadmap for 2023, you want to have all the, the variables that you know in place so you can act accordingly. And so, you know, it's a, it's a much deeper dive on where we are medically in terms of, of long-term prognosis, understanding, um, you know, really where we are from a talent standpoint, where we think we can augment, how we think we can improve. And so that really is sort of, you know, page one, if you will, of 2023. And so um, all that stuff is, is, is factored into how we think about building the club for next year. And, and as you know, um, you know, when we held that meeting, it was really, I think I began it by saying, look, a month from today, the World Series ends. Um, a month from tomorrow, GM meetings start. A week from, uh, five weeks from that, you have your uh, free agency. So all these things move really quickly in our sport, and there's no real downtime. So, you know, the, the importance of last week's meeting is really just sort of to, to start setting directionally where we want to go. And, you know, I think we were able to accomplish that. And, you know, really – um, I don't think people understand too. We're on a 1031 fiscal year, so you know, getting all employees signed up, everything organized for 2023 has to be d- done in the next uh, two weeks. Do you feel pretty good about that? I mean, just uh, talking about your staff, your front office. You, and I know that is complicated, but uh, Ollie Marmel and group. Just how would you evaluate how things went this year? I mean. I can say in the two-game series, which we focused on in our conversation, I thought it was a very honest conversation, um, he did touch on the ninth inning in game one and the fact that the offense wasn't there in game two, basically, is is what went down. Yeah, I, th- I think overall, I think the, the, the coaching staff did a really nice job this year. I think Ollie did a great job as, as a first-year manager. Um, you know, look, I think in, in any business, there's always room for improvement wherever you look, and, and you know, including myself. So, like, you know, no one can be, quote, be above that. And so having that reflection and, and, and really more of a, if you will, like a 360 review, I think is, is, is a much more fair approach versus just asking yourself, hey, can, where can I get better? So, you know, I think uh, the importance of, of what we can learn from that, I don't take too much stock into what happened in, in a two-game series myself. Um, you know, clearly – there's always going to be moments to second guess something because we didn't win. So, you know, yeah, maybe you could have done something differently to change that. But, you know, I think uh, Ollie and his group, they stayed true to their process. They believe in it. And, you know, we'll look and see if there's places where we can uh, make, you know, overarching changes where we think we can improve and and make an impact for 2023. You have done it before. I mean, you went out not long ago, got at Nolan Arenado. Before that, you went out, you made a deal for Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, It's not unprecedented that when you have needed something, heck, I go back to Albert Pujols part one. Uh, when, When 2011 had expired, you went out, you got Carlos Beltran. So it's not as if this organization hasn't gone out and found that extra piece if they need it. Yeah, we'll certainly uh, try to do that if, if, if we identify what that looks like and, and who that is and, you know, can we make it fit? So, you know, clearly we know as we go in the off season, Yadier Molina is retiring. Um, so, you know, finding a catcher is probably going to be first on our list. But there'll be some other things that we're going to still try to accomplish and, 
good news is um, we do have time on our side, but as I always remind people that I work with, it's the clock begins to tick pretty quick. Uh, that is true. Uh, you have Adam Wainwright, a decision that we're going to hear at some point soon, and assuming that, that I'm assuming that Nolan Arenado is back, is going to not opt out and will stay with the team, but we'll hear officially from him soon, and those are two pretty I big pieces. I hope so. <laughs> I'd, I'd be surprised, but, yeah, I think, that, you know, we've got to dot some I's, cross some T's, and, and, and you know, get both those gentlemen, their situation resolved. Um, so hopefully we can do that over the next few weeks and then uh, proceed with a, a, a more traditional offseason. You have uh, a bullpen, a, a rotation, uh, an infield up the middle just in general. Actually, the whole defense up the middle, you mentioned catcher, but, you know, in terms of second base, shortstop, center field, uh, I would use the word flexibility there. Uh, in terms of not totally knowing who those people are, there there are some moving parts, I would say. Well, I think there's a lot of flexibility, as you mentioned. I think, you know, right now we haven't determined exactly what we want that to look like. Um, but the good news is we, we have a lot of talent there. And, you know, I think really the question is, is what do we expect from some of these players? Do we think they're going to emerge into you know, everyday impactful players? Or do we feel like... That's something we're going to have to explore outside. So I think, you know, right now we don't know the answer. Um, basically, those are some of the things we're pondering. And, um, you know, as we we approach the free agent market, trade market here in about a month, month and a half, you know, those will be the types of questions that we're going to have to try to answer. Understood. And, and there's still a lot uh, on the table for sure. And then there's the approach that Jordan Walker has made towards the big leagues. I mean, it is impressive, not to mention Mason Wynn. I don't want to leave people out, but those are the two big names that come to mind because of what they're doing down at the Arizona Fall League, Jordan in particular. Uh, What have you heard, seen, and felt about what he's done and what his future holds? Well, Jordan Walker's been, uh, needless to say, having an excellent Fall League, which is great to see. Um, Have some people going out there this week to sort of evaluate how our players look. And also get a little sense of what that league looks like. Um, heard some comments that it's not the strength you might have seen a few years back because um, there's just not a whole lot of uh, um, established pitchers. And I think a lot of it was just because of the longer minor league season this year, and, and people were just very cautious on who they were sending. But Walker's case, he's been tremendous. You mentioned uh, when Tink Kent has, has certainly opened up some eyes. Oh, you know, overall, our guys have been playing pretty well out there, and, and that's that's good news. But look, Walker's a special talent, and uh, you know, I've been with the Cardinals for 28 years, and I would definitely say he's sort of a rarefied air type of talent. Wow! Uh, w- just from your perspective, what makes him great? I mean, we obviously hear the bat, see it. If from what we can see, what what do you see that that puts him in that category? Well, I think from an offensive standpoint, he's just such an exciting player. Um, hits the ball hard. He's not afraid to go the other way. Um, it just he understands. He has a good approach at the plate, and, and so I, it's just very exciting. And you know, I think there's a pretty simple way of looking at guys that that tend to be successful in the big leagues. It's you know, can they minimize their their strikeout rate, and can they hit the ball hard? And you know, he hits the ball. I won't say as hard as everybody in in, in the big leagues, but it, it's it's a special talent, and he's coming into his own. I mean, you got to remember 
he's only 21 years old, so physically he's still developing. But, you know, from a very early age, he's very impressive. John Mosellock is with us for just a couple more minutes. Just two quick things left. One is I think the reason why this one hurts a little bit more, and you mentioned the business of it, and I'm with you. I mean, I usually get over these pretty quickly. I, I think we all had a sentimental tug towards Yachty and Albert, and for that matter, Wayno, who's not said officially one way or the other, but I'm sure you can understand that too. It, just when you review 22, you'll remember those moments. Right now it hurts, but it was a very, very special year, was it not? Well, I think from a fan standpoint, yes, it's disappointing we're still not playing, but from creating memories, from building our our, our our younger fans that ended up getting to, to witness Albert Pujols and Yachty playing again. Um, you know, you ask, excuse me, you ask yourself a question like, you know, where were some of these younger kids 10, 11 years ago? And, you know, some were you know, five, six years old, some were maybe 15, but to get that, that memory in, of 2022 and to see Albert accomplish 700, I think is, is going to be lasting. And when you, when you think about your brand and how much pride you take in the St. Louis Cardinals, this really was just another feather in the cap. But, you know, look, I get it. We're not playing, so that's a bummer. But 2022 will always be a positive memory for me. Absolutely. Uh, then we will always remember what those individuals uh, that you just mentioned did do in October that cemented their legacy as well, as well as Bruce Suter. And I wanted to close with that. We've lost Hall of Famer Bruce Suter at the age of 69. He was the closer uh, for a long time. He shut down the 82 World Series, as everybody well knows. And we're going to hear Game 7, ninth inning, coming up after this break. But as a person also, just so approachable, wasn't he, Mo? I mean, he was a, a big part of this alumni group, and he is missed. Yeah, it's very sad. I mean, obviously, anytime you lose somebody that, that was important to you or, or, or to an organization is, is, is you know, something that I, I think uh, we all take a, a step back and, and uh, you know, keep his family in our prayers. The one thing about Bruce that like, I always admired is he always wanted to help younger people and, and younger players specifically. And, and so you know, he always made himself available. Um, he was one that would uh, always pick up the phone. He would wouldn't be afraid to hop on a plane to do something. So he was just uh, very gracious with his time, and um, he's definitely going to be missed. And again, my condolences to the family. Appreciate your time very much. Thanks for joining us on these Sunday mornings. We'll catch up with you real soon. That sounds good, Tommy. Thank you, President of Baseball Operations John Mosellock, with us on KMOX. It's eleven forty-four. When we come back. Ninth inning, Jack Buck with the play-by-play, Game 7 of the 1982 World Series on KMOX. It's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. First pitch strike call to Ted Simmons. We're underway in the ninth inning, and Charlie Galati, our good friend who works with the Cardinal coaches, I'm sure is sweating this one out. Simmons takes a ball, one and one, from Bruce Suter. 
Cardinals lead 6-3 in the ninth. They're three outs away from being the champions of baseball. Suter wants a new one and gets it. Ted Simmons is 0 for 3. He precedes Ogilvy and Thomas to the plate. Tough, tough hitters, all three of them. Cardinals lead 6-3 after training 3-1 in this one. Suter has given up a couple of home run balls to Simmons in the past. A swing and a ground ball. Suter has it. Goes to first. Out at first. One gone. Two outs away. Two outs away. 6-3 Cardinals. They've out hit Milwaukee. 15-7. Suter has retired four in a row. You know that in the latter part of the year, the Cardinals were wearing that black armband on their left sleeve. And you know why that was. For the late Ken Boyer, former Cardinals star and captain, the greatest third baseman the Cardinals have ever had. And a thought of Kenny goes through your mind as the Cardinals enjoy this thrilling moment at the park. We haven't forgotten him or our good friend Bernie Fox, who died not too long ago. Suter attempting to get the second out, pitches to Ogilvy. Strike call. Ogilvy hit a home run in the fifth inning to tie the game at that moment, 1-1. Don't go away. If the Cardinals win, we'll have all the post-game festivities from the champagne-soaked Shannon down in the dressing room. With one out, Suter trying to do his thing and save it for Indohar. Brings it into Ogilvy. It's a ball. It's one and one. Don't end it too quickly, Bruce. We want to savor this moment. I'm only kidding. One ball, one strike. One out and nobody on. Gorman Thomas swings a bat on deck. This is a free swinger, Ben Ogilvy. He swings. He misses. One ball, two strikes. The Cardinals were last champions of the world in 67 and suffered a crushing defeat in the series in 68 in this ballpark when the Tigers took it away from it. The Cardinals attempting to deny the Brewers the pitch. Ogilvy grounds the ball to Tommy. Nice going, Tommy. Out at first. Two out. Two out. One out away. Daryl Porter was backing up the play behind first. He races behind the plate. Suter can't wait to get back up and pitch to Gorman Thomas. Five in a row by Bruce. He hitches up his belt. Walks up there and pitches to the most prolific home run hitter this year in the Milwaukee lineup. Suter endeavoring to save it for Andujar. The pitch. Strike call. And the Cardinals are two strikes away from being the champions of baseball. 53,723 roaring with each movement. Here comes another. Low for a ball. One and one. Don't end it too quickly, Bruce. The Cardinals lead 6-3 here in the ninth. Two out and nobody on. And Suter... Strolls around behind the rubber. And Thomas and Harvey Keene and the Brewers know that they're backed against the wall and the gun is cocked. Suter pitches. Low ball two. Suter takes a deep breath. Heaves a sigh. Rubs up the ball with a glove under his arm. This one is for all of you longtime Cardinal fans. And the two million plus who attended this year, the pitch, a swing and a miss. It's two and two. 
And maybe with the next pitch or so, you'll get what you deserve for being such fervent supporters of the Cardinals this year and in years past. Two balls, two strikes the count. Two out, nobody on. The Cardinals, who came from behind in this one, leading by the score of 6-3 to three in the seventh game of the 82 series. The pitch, swing, and a foul. And that prolongs the ecstasy here at Bush Stadium. Simmons wrapped back to the mound. Ogilvy grounded a second. Who, if anybody, is going to get the final out here in the top of the ninth? Cardinals got two in the eighth to make it a 6-3 score. Gorman Thomas battling Bruce Suter. Here's the pitch. A ball, and the umpire looked like he was ready to call it a strike. It's three and two. A full count on the batter, and Suter with a three-run lead can't afford to come to the hitter. Porter gives the sign. Suter makes the pitch. A swing and another foul, and we'll do it again. This has been a memorable ball game with the Cardinals scoring in the fourth and Milwaukee tying it in the fifth, taking the lead in the sixth. Cardinals regained the lead in the bottom of the sixth and added to the lead in the eighth inning. The Cardinals have left 13 men on. It appeared that the men left on base would really work against them, but they lead 6-3 and they're one strike away. Here's the pitch. A swing and another foul into the Milwaukee dugout and we'll do it once more. Suter blows into his pitching hand, gets a new ball, rubs it up. Who's in the bullpen? Nobody. Who's in their seats? Nobody. 53,000 standing, roaring, and waiting. Thomas, one of the better hitters in the American League, smooths the dirt, stands back in. Porter ready to give the sign. The folks ready to explode. Here's the pitch from Suter. Swing and another foul. Off to the left it goes, and it remains three and two with two out. And aren't you glad the Cardinals got those two runs in the eighth inning with two out? It has made some difference in the pitching approach and in the general atmosphere here. The first two have been retired. Gorman has proven, Gorman Thomas has proven to be a tough customer. Suter from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss, and that's a winner. That's a winner, a World Series winner for the Cardinals. Porter throws his mask into the air. The players converge around the mound. The police arrive on the scene. The canine patrol and the mounted patrol, some fans manage to get on the field, but they needn't do that and they won't be out there very long. The Cardinals have won the game six to three. The Cardinals have won the National League pennant and the Cardinals have won the 1982 World Series the final score six to three Jack Buck with that historic call on KMOX 1982 World Series goes to the Cardinals with Bruce Suter on the mound getting the final three outs and closing that game out in that ninth inning the Cardinals Jack Buck his only World Series championship call right there, 1982, by way of that great Cardinals team and Bruce Souter, who we lost just a few days ago at the age of 69, and do we miss him? 
what a wonderful human being. We paid tribute to him all day Friday on KMOX, and I appreciate everybody's participation. All of your calls, all of our great guests, uh, all throughout the day. Thanks to John Mosaloc, president of Baseball Operations, with some very kind words about the Hall of Famer as well on this show a little earlier. And we will miss Bruce Souter. As Dave LaPointe put it very well, in the dictionary next to the word closer should be the name Bruce Souter. Bruce Souter was really the first closer. And did he close? Not just one inning. He would do two, sometimes three. Thanks to producer James O'Sullivan. I'm Tom Ackerman. Thanks to our guest, Travis Ford, John Mosaloc, and all the exciting sports yesterday and to come later today on KMOX. From the Stiefel Sports Studio. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.